of my show with that guy. Alex, and that guy over there. Jake, he's in the Red Arrow South Compound. I am in the Red Arrow North Penthouse, hanging out. Getting Why are you in a penthouse? <laughs> Why am I the crazy guy who's locked himself underground doomsday prepping for the inevitable, like, like destruction of the world? Screw you, man. I'm... I'm in something that's just as cool as a penthouse. Okay, so we 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 both reside in the top floor. So we have we have dual penthouses. How about that? Uh, that's that's fine. Dueling penthouses, even. You're killing me. Anyway, we're here, and uh, yeah, we we were we were talking. We we had uh, just before the show, during pre-show, we were talking about the uh, Oregon Washington State game coming up, and. Uh, we we started talking about Willie Beeman in um, was uh, any given any given Sunday and just how it's the whole oh is he nervous is he throwing up oh it's game over and uh, yeah that's that's where we're gonna start this show talking about the the greatness that is any given Sunday dude it it I mean it's hard it's hard for me to say that it, like it, it might be the best football movie. I'm trying to think of one that would be better than any given Sunday, and it's tough. Um, I, I immediately want to say, "Remember the Titans." No, that was that was like that was probably a better movie in that it was a little more heartfelt. It dealt with some real, like real issues with integration and things like that. But if you're going to the movies to be entertained for 90 minutes and go home with a smile, it's hard to beat any given Sunday. Yeah, I, I mean, Fred, again, like, Friday Night Lights would be another movie that I would say was, was great. Uh, but every one of these movies that I'm thinking about, Varsity Blues also gets a shout-out. Um, I don't want your laugh. Uh, but, like you said, all these are, like, super serious, like, oh, football's a hard way of life. And, and like, it's completely the opposite with this movie. <laughs> That's, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, he, you're definitely not wrong. I just want to know how he got so many sponsorships so fast. Yeah, that was the thing. It was like he, he pops off in one game for like a decent amount of yards and like two touchdowns. And all of a sudden, he's got a shoe deal and a protein <laughs> mix and, and new cars. And I, I was like, stop it. The the best part was when what was it was he had a Hummer I think it was and like the the linebacker sawed it in half with yeah like, with, yep he had with one the, of those like, like it was concrete like a, it was saws. like a concrete saw yeah <clears throat> that was, I think because wasn't it uh, I think it was Lawrence Taylor that sawed it in half uh, I think it was yeah Lawrence Taylor was crazy on that team yeah <laughs> you know okay i got another movie that you'll you'll also i think you know about the program the program is so good that's a great kill the movie. quarterback that, it, that yeah so good uh, okay so what do you want do you want the program or do you want any given sunday i'm so i'm i'm gonna take any given sunday might be because i like like fictional pro football more than fictional college football um, right. Okay. I can like see the, that. I mean the the acting, the acting is like, I mean we're we're talking about Al Pacino. Like that's one of the greatest movie speeches of all time. Oh yeah, I, I watched the that. The every... are I... all around you. Like, you know, I, come I, I on. watched that before every podcast, so you know I can get hype for the show. Yeah, that, that's 
you're going to have to, oh, because you know the guy standing next to you is willing to die. For, like, oh, my God. Like, you know, it's it. it's right up there with the, uh, you know, the 4th of July speech on, on uh, Independence Day of yes. you know, greatest movie speeches. Yes. Uh, let's see. Other other great movie speeches. You've got Patton. Fuck it. Rocky Balboa. Oh yeah. It's not how hard you can get hit. It's, no, it is. It's how hard you can get hit and keep going and keep moving forward. Like, come on. Like, like that. I, I like cried the first time I saw that. Well, I mean, that's because you're kind of a little big baby, but. Well, uh, hey, I also love Rocky. You do love Rocky. I can say that I. I mean, there was probably a moment in my life where I teared up when Arnold Schwarzenegger was lowered into the 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 molten steel at the end of Terminator 2: Judgment Day. At least at least a dozen times. Like, but do you remember seeing Creed? And you know, I I don't give a fuck about spoilers. If you haven't seen it by now, yeah, you deserve get, this. Fix your life if you haven't seen it by now. Fix your life. When, when Rocky found out he had cancer, like oh. I, I legit like dropped my popcorn in in the theater. Oh, I was sitting next to you. It was hardcore. Yeah. I, I was mad because I think we were sharing popcorn at the time. And now <laughs> I it. But, like, no, that was, that was, a, that was real. That moment, that moment was real. I, I hurt the same way Michael B. Jordan hurt in that scene. It was tough. Yeah, that, it, it was tough. I, I think about that. You know, it, it's kind of funny thinking about Michael B. Jordan because he, like, I play NBA 2K17, and he mm-hmm. is the the point guard. Like, if you if you decide to stick with this dude and, like, go practice with him a couple times, it, like, starts this whole storyline of you and this guy, like, taking over the league, like, being the greatest rookie combo ever, and, like, you can, like, demand trades and, and bring him with you and all this stuff. And it's played by Michael B. Jordan. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so the entire time, like, you know, whenever they do the cutscenes, it's like digital Michael B. Jordan, you know, like talking about working hard and going, he, how he had to go all four years of college and you came out your first year. And so it's like this whole, it's this cool, it's really cool. Um, but to have Michael B. Jordan, like, I didn't realize it was him at first. And then, like, I watched a clip and it's like, oh, yeah, we're here with Michael B. Jordan. He's filming for, for Justice Young. And, His name is Justice Young? Yeah. That's a terrible name. It is terrible, but it threw me because uh, you can control him at times. And, like, the first time I was able to control him, it the name Justice popped up, and it was a first name. And I don't need to go back through the, uh, the etymology of all my 2K player names, but one of them, his name was Alan Justice. Oh, nice. And so when I saw the ball get passed to Justice... I thought the game was like saying, hey, remember that guy you created? He's in the game again. And I freaked out for a second because he was a point guard. And I was like, oh, dude, is that my guy? Instant disappointment. Instant. Just eject the game. Throw it out the window. If you don't remember my guy from four games ago, worst <laughs> that, game ever. That was on That was on 360. wasn't even on Xbox One. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we, we go back through. We track all your cloud saves. And then we randomly pull... Uh, certain creative players that you've tried in the past. Um, it's it's a new feature we're adding. Like if they were to bring one one of mine back, it would have to be Dion Hutchinson. Well, yeah, Mister 140 points. Yeah, 140 points a game shot like 80 percent from three. Oh, that 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 was so ridiculous. That was 2011 where shooting threes was way too easy in that game. 
Yeah, they they were just pre. They were like they were calling Steph Curry out like before Steph Curry was Steph Curry. They were just like someday there's going to be a guy who can do them this easy. Yeah, it's like okay, you made a hundred shots and you have yeah. Like it was funny. I would get a hundred and twenty points in like three quarters and then spend the fourth quarter getting my assists. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your you got to get your game goals up. Because otherwise, they don't give you as many experience points. Exactly. You know, I can't make money so I can buy the pinball machine for my you, basketball you court. Gotta have the pinball machine. <laughs> gotta have the 2K pinball machine with uh, Kevin Durant on it for some reason. So funny. That's so funny. Okay, so who who's the... Speaking of Kevin Durant and thinking about, like, cover athletes, who's the most undeserving cover athlete in, in sports? Like... That's that's actually got a cover. Are we going back over? Yeah, like, like covers because like I'm I'm, I'm I being immediately I immediately have one. So I have two that pop into my head, and you'll probably be able to convince me out of one of them, but you'll never be able to convince me out of the other. And the one you could probably convince me out of, okay, is fucking um, Dante Culpepper, who was on Madden O. Oh three. Oh three. Oh two or oh three. Oh, yeah, I think so. I'm I'm gonna and fact check. You you like everybody should have known that Dante Culpepper was a, a slightly above mediocre quarterback at best, even back then. It was O two. Okay. Madden O two, which means in O one he popped off. Everyone thought he was the next big thing, and it was a joke. And as a Packer fan, I have followed the Minnesota Vikings prominently for a long time and they're terrible and they always will be and they're the worst they will ever always of they will always choke yeah always always i think it was you last season when i was like i don't know man i don't know if the packers are going to make the the playoffs the adrian peterson looks like he's putting it together and you were like settle down you'll play seattle in the playoffs because they're minnesota <laughs> and then all of a sudden uh the packers made the playoffs and we made it to the NFC Championship game. And guess what? Minnesota didn't. Well, the the best part, I remember we were going to Foga de Chao with a friend of the show, Julio. And like I was following the Seahawks game on my phone. And it was like, first and goal from the two, like Minnesota lines up for a field goal like to win. And I'm saying, like, oh, man, it looks like, looks like Minnesota's going to win. Missed field goal. I'm like shank. <laughs> shank. I'm like, how do you miss a 13 yard field goal to to host an NFC Championship game? It was the so bad. Blair Walsh, and you know how Seattle rewards him with a contract, <laughs> right? Oh, so bad, so bad. So yeah, my first my first knee jerk was Dante Culpepper, and then staying staying with Madden. I have to go. I think it was Madden 16 with Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, maybe maybe what I'm about to say could be inappropriate for the show, but Odell Beckham Jr. is a chode. That's the only way to <laughs> He's a chode, and he's he's an overrated guy who had one catch, one catch in his career, a lucky catch that there's no way he could replicate ever again. There's no way that. Like Eli Manning is going to throw a ball that perfectly bad again for him to do it again. He's he's a he's a cancer in the locker room, a distraction on the sideline. It, he chokes in the playoffs, 
You see what he did last year against Green Bay? Nothing. That's <laughs> what he did. Nothing. The guy is so bad. And I threw him up on, on Madden 16 like he's like the second coming of Jerry Rice or something. Go cut your hair and start running routes again, bro. So anyway, you might be able to convince me out of Dante Culpepper because back in the day, he was good that one season. So for him to earn the cover might make sense. But I would like to think this was pre-fan voting and all that other stuff. You'd like to think guys who make football games every single year would know Dante Culpepper was a flash in the pan at best. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you're not wrong. I'm not going to talk. I, like, Dante Culpepper... <laughs> like, you're not wrong. I Dante Culpepper benefited from having two Hall of Fame wide receivers. Like, Well, one Hall of Fame wide receiver who took way too long to get into the Hall of Fame. Fair enough. But I've got... The second wide receiver ever to set step foot on a field, and it took him a decade to get into the Hall of Fame. Are you kidding? So, I'm saying the NCAA 08 cover... I'm not. I can't remember if it was Jared Zabransky or Kellen Moore, or, or maybe they both got a cover. I think they both. I remember Kellen Moore got a cover. Yeah. I remember that he was so... in blue, and there was one in white. I think Zabransky also got a cover. I can't find it, but I feel like I saw it. This might be one of those. One of those. Um, oh, what what are they called? Mandela effect things. I like where I'm where I'm thinking that Jared Zabransky had a cover and he didn't. Um, here's the thing if Jared Zabransky got a cover um, I I changed my vote to him because I have no idea who you're talking about he was a Boise State quarterback the year that they won the uh, the the Fiesta Bowl oh so you're telling me in the history of NCAA there there could possibly have been two Boise State quarterbacks on the cover yes so um is this the part of life that I just quit it? <laughs> as, as, oh, I just quit life. <laughs> I, I oh, mean, well, uh, here's here's the other thing to consider. There has never been a Washington Husky on an NCAA cover, but there has been Joey Harrington. What up, Joey? Like, there's Oregon Ducks. Uh, Oregon Duck has been on the cover, and but uh, a Husky never has. Never. You know how I know that? Because I would have never purchased that year, and I had every year. <laughs> I even bought the Tim Tebow edition. <laughs> I remember when, uh, who was it, Darren McFadden was on the cover, Darren and Ma I was like... Darren McFadden was sick. I mean, he was like, he was like a good in college, but the thing about, the thing that always perplexed me about NCAA, right is they always had to pick a guy who wasn't in the NCAA anymore. So it's like, yeah, Darren McFadden was good last season in college. Yeah. Why are we celebrating him now? Like, what? And then Ed O'Bannon went and f had to ruin everything. No, he made it better because there was no reason for that game to come out every year also. That game, that game's so much better than Madden. That smartest kid with Down syndrome, come on. I, I'm I'm just saying I enjoy I played way too much of that game. If you're worried about quality, we need to still be mad at EA for buying out the license for the 
for the NFL because all the NFL 2K games were a million times better. It, I absolutely agree, and I remember the the game that they made, the All Pro, the All Star Football 2K8. That was game was so good, incredible, one of the best games. Like it was one of my favorites. I I was actually ranked in the top thousand in that game. It was so good. The only the only downside was. They only let you play one season at a time. They should have just let you run a full-fledged fictional franchise, and you could have developed your own rivalries with computer teams who didn't matter, and you would start you would start recognizing like fake names, right? And you'd just be sitting there like Jody Smith, oh that middle linebacker, oh, I hate him so much, Jody Smith. What kind of name is Jody anyway? A computer generated one, bro. It's well, fake. Well, see, here, like, I I may have shouted out Gavin Foster before. I may have talked about Gavin Foster. So Gavin Foster was a cornerback that I created on NCAA 2005. He was a 99 everything, and I I made him from from like Eugene, Oregon. So he wanted to go to the Ducks, and I just like bombed recruiting on him until he said yes he turned out to be the greatest cornerback in history he he had the most interceptions in in like ncaa history most pick sixes like most tackles for loss like he was the greatest player and to this day i still remember this moment like i don't know why this sticks out in my memory but i i user did this so i i jumped up and tipped it in the air and then I ran back around, and this is the old days of EA where you had to like run in full circles to go get anywhere. Like this, yeah. the spin move took you seven yards to the side. Like it was absurd. And he runs back and intercepts a pass and, run, and runs it in for a touchdown. I'm like, Gavin Foster is the greatest fake player in. It, he, it's him and Deion Hutchinson in the the fake Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> There's just two. There's just two. The tours of the Hall of Fame are real short. Yeah. Real short. Well, I mean, there's a, a. I mean, if we're talking about fake sports guys, there's Jacob Gagne. He's making a push. <laughs> he played, uh, never quite made it to the league, but set the uh, the LJHL record for uh, goals in a season with 300. If he never made it to the league, it doesn't count. Well, he made it to the. He was like two years. He was too young to make it to the league, and and then I stopped having an Xbox 360. Well, then he still. I mean. Bo Jackson's arguably the greatest athlete ever of all time, and he's not in any Hall of Fame. So if your career is cut short for for you know reasons that are out of your control, you're still not getting in. He's no uh, Dupree. What's his first name? Marcus. Marcus Dupree. The greatest that never was. Oh man, that's that's a heartbreaking thirty for thirty. He made it though. He made it. Yeah. He oh. did make it. He made it out, and, and he, he 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 got to play football for a living. He got he 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 got he was what I think they were still the L.A. Rams then. Did he make it to the Rams? I thought he only he, played in the no, USFL. Nope, he was a Ram for two seasons. Nice. Because it, it was post USFL, he let his he let his life go into the it became a dumpster fire, and he said screw this, and he worked out for like an entire off season and tried out for the Rams and made the team, and he was he kept his spot for two years, and once he was done, and they cut him. He just he just retired from football at that point, and he was like he talks about it in it. He goes, "I made it, you know. That was my goal. I just wanted to be in the NFL." And he did it for two seasons, and now he's like a garbage man living the life. Yeah, I think he's he's not he's like a short haul trucker. You know, he's, is that what it is? He's yeah. something. He it's it's like for for the Northwest equivalent, it would be like the guy going from Seattle to Portland. 
Okay. Yeah, it, he's he's like the Birmingham to Huntsville, you know. <laughs> well, that's it, he, yeah. dude. And he killed it though. He still holds the. I think it's the. Was it the Fiesta Bowl that he set the rushing record in? Yeah, I think it was. Like, like it was just three hundred something, something yards. Something absurd. Like not even fair. As he's like cramping and out of shape the whole time, he could have like. Yeah, the coach was like, out. he could have rushed for five hundred yards like, yeah. if he would have been in shape, but he didn't listen to me. I mean, that... and then next year o- Oklahoma won the national title, but he wasn't on the team. Oh man, that would suck so much. Yep, that happened. I've watched. I the first, the first set of thirty of the thirty for thirties. I've watched like all of them, I... and they're all awesome. But I've I've definitely fallen off. Like once they were like, oh by the way. 30 for 30 is coming back, and they're definitely not 30 of them. And there's like a trillion. It's just now a name. They have nothing to do with the numbers of 30 or 30, so who cares? And I was like, okay. Yeah, I, like, that's cool. The one, one that I've seen since the original 30 that was, was fantastic is uh, The Prince of Pennsylvania. Oh, the one, the, 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 what is it? Um, Foxcatcher. Yeah. The, that movie's yeah. based on, I watched, I watched that movie Foxcatcher after watching the Prince of Pennsylvania and holy cow, Steve Carell does an amazing job in that movie. Dude, the, him and like Channing Tatum killed it too. Oh yeah. Like I, let's, let's not forget that Channing Tatum was incredible in that movie. They were both like, it, it was like, it was like this one moment where if you followed either of their careers on purpose or on accident, you realize like, wait, these two can act. Like it's not like, it's like when Matthew McConaughey came out and did like true detective on HBO, you're oh, like, wait, fantastic. he knows what he's doing. Stop. Well, Stop. Well, you have, you have to remember a guy like Matthew McConaughey, he did the same thing that Will Smith did. Like, watch Will Smith develop... A, if you want to watch Will Smith develop as an actor, watch The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Does he get better? Yeah, like, at the beginning... I'm a little I'm a little young for The press, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, I know, I know the memes, and I've watched a bunch of episodes, but I wasn't there to appreciate the, the learning curve of an actor. So, it, it's, you know, the first couple seasons of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air are terrible. The timing is off. I mean, it's it's typical with any comedy. You know, the timing's not going to be right in the first couple seasons. People are getting to know each other. Um, but you, you really start to see Will Smith learn his comedic timing. Um, and then you really start to see him blossom as an actor. There's there's uh, two specific scenes that I think about. Is uh, One, after Will actually gets shot, um, he's laying in a hospital bed, and Carlton comes in with a gun. And and he's like yelling at him. He's like, "Yo, give me the gun!" And he's like yelling at Carlton about this thing. And he's like, "Is saying he's not going to do it and all this stuff." Um, and the other one is right about the time Will's graduating from high school. He's talking to Uncle Phil about how you know he's made it this far in his life without his dad, and you know he doesn't need him, and he just has a total breakdown. And it's it's actually it's fantastic acting. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And anyone who's anyone who's seen knows what I'm talking about is giving me a, giving me a head nod right now. They're like, mm-hmm. He knows. He's seen that. He's seen that business. He does. He 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 knows. This man knows what he's talking about. <laughs> this, this man knows. This he man has it. seen that man's pain. That's I've been funny. there. <laughs> oh man, that's good stuff. 
So, uh, okay, so other 30 for 30s. Uh, what's your favorite? Okay, out of the original 30, what's your favorite? I think we may have talked about this before, but but let's revisit. Oh, Fab Five. Fab Five, really? Fab Five or uh, the Bad Boys. That, you know, it, it's funny. Like mine, mine's also basketball, but it's gonna be. It's got to be the Guru of Go. The Guru of Go. I mean, like, okay. So let's be honest. We're splitting hairs here. You know what I mean? Like, to to say to the the difference in how much I liked Fab Five versus versus Guru of Go or or the Bad Boys, right? Is I mean, that it's it's fractions of a fraction. Yeah, I mean like, that that's fair. Like Guru Guru of Go is is absolutely phenomenal. Like when you when you learn about that whole thing at, you know, it, it, his you know Paul West has whole career and everything and the only guy to win an NBA and WA WNBA championship, all of that is amazing. I mean, and then I mean we could also bring up Survive in Advance was phenomenal. That, yeah, um, all the basketball you know, ones are, are right, really like fantastic. even I hate Christian Leitner was oh, that was, was great. amazingly done. I I love but, the way they did that one. I don't know why basketball is so much. I mean, uh, winning winning time Reggie Miller versus New York. Oh uh, yeah, I, I love just the Cheryl Miller. It's obvious he's feeding off you. Yeah, like the whole the whole thing. Like, Dad, I scored forty five points tonight. That's good, son. How'd Cheryl do? Well, she did pretty good too. Yeah. Well, how'd she do? She scored a hundred. What? Like, to to be named Reggie Miller and and wholeheartedly know that you were the second best basketball player in your family. Had I mean that's a kick in the nuts, right? You're 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 maybe and and I still put him up there. I mean, being being that impossible to compare eras and all that stuff. I still think Reggie Miller is the greatest three point shooter of all time. I, it's hard to argue. He's the most clutch three point shooter of all time. That's that's undeniable. And 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 he, I mean, he was playing the game at a time where nobody did that. And all of this stuff, like Reggie Miller's maybe the great one of the greatest shooters of all time, and then, and and he's in a Hall of Famer, and he made it to a championship, and all of this great things. Like you take Reggie Miller, you take Michael Jordan out of the league, Reggie Miller has probably two or three championships. Like it's not, it's not fair. And then, and then you find out, like, hold on, like his sister was a hundred percent legitimately better than him in almost every aspect of the game. So, I mean, Reggie Miller, I mean, if you're really, really bringing it down, I mean, you're talking about him being the greatest shooter, uh, a clutch shooter for me, and, and the second best player in his family. Like, you want to talk about Cheryl Miller? I love having Cheryl Miller on the sideline. Like, she gets information that nobody else can. Right? And it's like, it's like this, there's this, like, she has such a high level of respect. Who's Like, there's another, uh, uh, Doris Burke gets a lot of love in the NBA. Uh, in the NBA. Because they know what they're talking about. They they are fantastic. I I love those two. Whenever I hear that they're on a that they're on a broadcast, I'm about it. Like they they're fantastic. I, I mean there there are times when you know like they're the Aaron Andrews of the world who are certainly you know they're they're talented but they're certainly not insiders. You know what I mean? She she didn't exactly play the game that she's covering. Right. But like Doris Burke was like one of the greatest. I think it was UCLA she played for. Um, but was just she was like one of the greatest point guards that ever played college basketball. Like she was incredible. Yeah. And like the the love that she like she deserves every every bit of uh, love that she gets. Uh, 
phenomenal. Like, and you can tell that there's there's a respect that the play, like the NBA players have, knowing she does understand the game. She's got a, I mean, like the high level of intelligence that Cheryl Miller and Doris Burke bring is something that like LeBron James pays attention to. LeBron James is sitting there going like, maybe I could learn something from from her. Maybe maybe I should talk to. Maybe we should have a conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to you have to think about. I mean, because the the women's game is played completely differently from the men's game, and to to get a, a different perspective of, of the game is would be incredible to think about. Um, it, it's I, I liken it to, and I did this a little bit. Uh, I took Wing Chun for for a brief a brief moment, like enough to know that uh, I would kill myself if I spent a lot of time doing it. Like um, everyone, Wing Chun tonight. Yeah, like the same. Like it's it's a, a martial art that that was uh, practiced by Bruce Lee, and it was originally created by nuns to fight men. And then like Bruce Lee took it and mastered it. And then I was realizing like, wow, this is something that could be like actually really strong. But like it's a different perspective of fighting, and it's just really interesting to think about that. And and to think about LeBron James learning a post up game from Doris Burke is kind of funny. Now, like. Yeah, that's that's true. She's it, like, come here, come here, young man. I can teach you some things. Yeah, and it would be awesome. Like, I would love to see that. Like, it would be awesome to watch uh, watch these NBA players learn from these. From the, I mean, because you have to realize they've also seen the game for you know twenty years. They've watched it evolve. Right. So they they've seen like, oh hey, you know they they this has been working. Like, why don't you try this? You know, and it, it's just it's amazing to to see masters of their craft and and how they do that sort of thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that kind of, kind of, like, like calls back to to the conversation we had on last week's show about like stand-up comedians and stuff like that, and how comedy doesn't doesn't necessarily translate or or carry over from from kind of era to era, generation to generation, but like comics today still understand and have respect for. The ones who came before the, the George Carlins, the Richard Pryors, the Lenny Bruce's, the Sam Kinnison's and stuff. And when your style doesn't match up with their style or anything like that, like Joe Rogan talks all the time about being in the back of the comedy store when these other guys would come through and, you know, talking to Richard Pryor at the end of his career when they're when two or three guys are literally carrying him on stage because his body is just degrading so fast. He can't take care of himself anymore. But all he wants to do is 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Richard Pryor's like, that's all I want. I just need 10 minutes. Like, give me 10. And no one's going to say no, right? So Joe Rogan's watching him, and he's not funny. The crowd doesn't care. Like, it's, you know, most people don't even recognize him. They don't know who he is. He's covered in his heroin burn scars, and he's all hunched over and stuff but you'd get him behind you know you talk to him backstage and he's just got all of this insightful knowledge about how to how to play off of a crowd and how to how to pivot things in your favor so the crowd doesn't take over and you don't lose them and all this stuff and he's like i learned so much having these brief 10 20 minute conversations with richard Pryor about all the stuff that isn't comedy about comedy 
And it was like to have to be LeBron James and be able to sit down for an hour and talk to Cheryl Miller about basketball. You you would learn as much as if you could sit down with Magic Johnson or Larry Bird for an hour. Right. It, it, it's it, and I, I think about the the time I was on a one floor elevator ride with uh, with Paul Westhead and I totally panicked and started talking about the Eagles. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm sitting there because I'm like I look over and I'm, I'm sharing I'm sharing an elevator with a legend. It's just him and me, and I'm just like, Eagles look good. <laughs> And he's like, yes, yes, they do. And he's just like going off about the Eagles. And we get to the get to the next floor, and we just kind of. He's like, well, see it, see you tomorrow after practice. And I was just like, all right, see you, coach. See you, see you, coach. The doors close, and you're like, damn it. I was like, I could have said anything. I could have had so much of a conversation right I'm, there. I, I'm gonna go down back to the the bottom floor so I can feel shame. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, like all this, all this talk about women in sports. Like, it, I was, I was uh, reading about Cam Newton today. Did you hear about Cam Newton? I uh, so I something something came across. Uh, I think it was my like my Google News feed or something like that, where he talked about like was it like not respecting women because they haven't played the game or something like that. No, okay, so that's that might be some uh, some some sensationalism happening in the in sports. Um, but what he said was that he thought it was funny that a woman was asking him question about routes and, and put an emphasis on routes like that. Um, and is, is that something women aren't allowed to ask about? Right. And like that, like it, I became aware of it today when, uh, uh, my, my friend, Nicole, uh, she has uh, gridirongirl.com worked in, works in uh, the Oregon press box. Uh, you know, uh, good, good friend of mine. Um, she was she was like, yeah, you know, whatever, Cam Newton, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's funny, like, during the, the course of the conversation, like, I'm like, oh, by the way, he just lost his yogurt sponsorship. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, so he, he doesn't, he's not the, the spokesperson for Oikos or whatever it is anymore. I think it was Oikos, yeah. So, and no one's, I mean, and he's toxic. He's never going to get another deal. Well, not for yogurt. You you only get one shot at the yogurt game. Yeah, I mean, you want that, that yogurt cheddar? Don't play Aunt Colin. I'm yeah. just saying, Dannon, they don't care. They're Dan out. Yeah, they're like... Chobani, don't think they're... No, they're not shooting an email over. They they're all, not. They, oh. Yogurt talks to yogurt. It's like... So, yogurt it, knows yogurt. <laughs> yogurt knows... Chobani was pissed when Oikos got Cam Newton to start. And now they're going, told you. Well, I mean, it's be it's because they they said don't get that guy, and they I, be, I mean their theoretical horse they backed was Andrew Luck, and he was busy with a Geico ad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's we just just did forty five seconds on yogurt sponsorship <laughs> for anyone for for the for the people who are still listening and haven't turned us off. Yeah, that that happened. 40, 45 seconds on yogurt sponsorships. By the way, Dannon, we're still here. Just uh just so you know. Yeah, if hey, you hey, Dannon, if you want to sign us, we will, you know, we'll we'll take that Cam Newton money. Dude, I will I will eat uh, uh several Dannon yogurts per show. 
With, no doubt. Any with, flavor they want. Whatever whatever flavor is selling the worst that they need to hype up, I will tell you that key lime vanilla is the ball. Dude, I would be all about key lime vanilla. That's delicious. I love I love key lime delicious. yogurt. It's the best. And the fact that it's not selling is a travesty and I think it's a sh- it's a ship that uh, my show with Alex and Jake can write. I'm just saying. You know What's you up? know what you what you know, we really need to market though? Uh, uh, what Dan and Glow? Yeah, Dan and Glow. <laughs> Who would eat an incandescent yogurt? <laughs> Dan and Glow, the incandescent yogurt. <laughs> like Dan and Glow and vanilla Dan and Glow <laughs> in store soon. <laughs> just, you can just you can just unscrew the light bulb in your fridge because you just open it and it just. Yeah, it, just don't put it next to the baking soda because then you might make yellow cake uranium. <laughs> <laughs> it, you, it just came back from the motherland. You got it wrapped in a special CIA napkin <laughs> made from, from glow-in-the-dark yogurt and salt. <laughs> Wait, make sure that's, the salt's iodized, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I like how... Otherwise, it won't be weapons-grade. Exactly. I like how three episodes ago we were having intelligent conversations about science, and now we're degrading, like, yellow cake uranium into, you know, yogurt. <laughs> yeah, that's... You're not wrong. Yogurt culture, <laughs> like, hey, by the way, thanks for coming back, Dr. Hams. We wanted to talk to you about yogurt. Could you weigh in? <laughs> She's like, No. Uh, I would have to ask her about, you know, what it was like to date Belle Biv DeVoe next time. I don't know. I need to figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> this this has gone off the rails in the best way possible. <laughs> this, I, I, this might be my favorite episode we've done that doesn't include, like, a special guest. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't make any damn sense. This, for anyone listening, this is nothing like we talked about in the pre-show uh, at all. Not even close. Uh, we haven't covered any of that, uh, and it is better. The show is all the better for it, well, I promise. I mean, especially because, like, the, we started our conversation day because I was disrespecting the color of money. That's a great movie! Sorry. Like, I may have been, I may have been too harsh when I said it was, I like, with overacting, I may have been too harsh, but I will still say that they didn't give enough respect to play the game correctly. If you watch, there is a flaw in the movie where they hit the the balls out of sequence. Like, if you're going to make a movie about nine ball, play nine ball correctly. Okay, this is what I this is this is my this is my stance. And and right or wrong, it's my stance. So shut up about it. But this is what I'll say. Um, so there's there's the the color of money right i thought I, I remember watching the hustler black and white right and it was it was phenomenal made me want to play pool even more at the time my friend cody and i shout out to cody friend of the show uh he and i were still living in eugene both of us we went to like putters it was like every thursday or something because i think i had fridays off and he was a college student a business business majors at the Oregon State University. I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but at OSU, business majors never have class on Fridays. That's like a thing. That's, I don't know why. That's kind of cool um, because you so, know, they're endorsing the four-day work week. Yeah, it, that's that's probably it. Um, and so we – and I had Fridays off too. So every Thursday, he and I would kick in. This went on for like, I mean, a solid year, 18 months, something like that. 
every Thursday we would we would boom right over to putters. We had both bought our own like pool cues and everything like, and we would spend probably two to five hours at putters playing different like like billiard game types: three ball, nine ball, eight ball, fifteen, straight pool, all of it. Right. So you guys we, you guys became like pool enthusiasts. Yes, a hundred percent connoisseurs. Like, and we 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 would painstakingly look up the rules and everything to every form of of pool, and we would play by them. And it was strict and 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 respectful. And we call each other out, and every it was amazing. It was great. And so during that time, I was watching all of it: Hustler, Turn the River, uh, Pool Hall Junkies, Color of Money. Probably there's two or three others that I just can't remember off the top of my head. And I'll say my personal favorite the whole time was Pool Hall Junkies. That's an amazing movie that gets all of the rules right. It puts you, puts the, the, the characters in semi-realistic, if not mildly sensationalized situations and all this stuff. The acting is on point. There isn't that Tom Cruise overacting you're talking about, but I, I mean, I'd argue Tom Cruise overacts in every movie, but that's a separate thing. Yeah, that's, but, that's, a, that's another conversation for another podcast. <laughs> Color of Money is, is easily a second-place pool movie. There's Pool Hall Junkies, there's Color of Money, and then there's everything else. Because Color of Money, like, Paul Newman kills it. His ability to, to recreate like fast Eddie Felsen in, in an older, mature, like mentor role and own that movie is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And, and you brought up pre-show and you haven't brought it up on the show, but I'm going to, you bring up one time where there's one shot in the movie where somebody hits a five into a three, which you can't do because in nine ball, you got to hit them sequentially. I understand that. But I'm saying you can't take the the movie away because some editor didn't know what they were talking about and and Tom Cruise delivered his line slightly better from a slightly better angle and happened to hit a 5 into a 3. I, the movie I, know, as a whole, I know that. Phenomenal. I know that. I'm just phenomenal. saying I'm just saying that they need to get the details right. Come on now. And I I can only imagine that after the final cut was sent over to the director, he went, "Come on!" But Tom Cruise did look better in that shot. So he understood it from a directing standpoint, was probably a little perturbed from a we're trying to get pool done the right way standpoint. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm making a pedantic argument, which is basically most of my arguments anyway. So like <laughs> you're you're not wrong, but most of your pedantic arguments make sense and you back him up, and this one I just can't. I can't. I, say, I, think, I can't support you, know, you in it. You know, I think I am. You know, I'll, I'll admit I think I'm a little off the rails on this one. But I can say, like, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll concede I've, that I'm a little off the rails. On this <laughs> I've I've definitely watched movies with Jake where Jake goes, "This is bullshit," and I'm like, "Really?" And you're like, "Nah." <laughs> like, like what movie? <laughs> I I don't. I mean, I can't think of like. I'm just you. You react the same way with like to like you react to watching a fictional fictional movie as you do real time sports. <laughs> like, like we've talked about, where you like like whatever week two or week no it was week one. Seahawks play the Packers, and you're texting me after the game. This call was bullshit, and this play was. And I was like, you're a hundred percent correct. 
that in a perfect world, those plays, situations, and calls are bullshit. But you have to look at it from a realistic sports perspective and understand why that happened that way. And you've since kind of like, all right, yeah. It's still bullshit. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. That wasn't an illegal block in the back that stopped Aaron Rodgers from throwing his first pick six in like nine seasons. It And it was bullshit that Devontae Adams started that scuffle and the Seahawks got kicked out of the game. And if the Seahawks got kicked out of the game, there should have been a harsher penalty for what um, fucking was it Martellus Bennett Martellus did at Bennett. the end of the game. But at the same time, you also understand that referees compartmentalize those things. And what Martellus Bennett did on, an, on, a, on a situational basis by itself did not denote getting thrown out of the game or anything worse than a 15-yard late hit like penalty, which is what he got. You understand that referees always get the second guy, right? Devontae Adams can do whatever he wants, but as soon as the reaction to that is throwing a forearm to a guy's throat, you're getting kicked out of the game. I like that this is a game that happened five weeks ago, and we're, we're, ago. we're still it's talking total, about it. <laughs> it, it, was, it was the most recent example of, like, I could see what if, – if I was next to you when you were watching The Color of Money, I have no doubt that as soon as you saw the five hit the three, you went, those aren't even the rules! <laughs> This whole movie is bullshit. You can't hit a five before the three. If the three is on the table, you have to hit it before the five. This can't even happen. And everyone would go, like, yeah, but, I mean, the movie's still good. And you'd be like, no, nope, no, I don't even want to. Can we do anything else? I don't even want to watch this. And then two, three, four days later, you're like, yeah, I probably overreacted a little bit. <laughs> it's probably, I mean, the storyline was still good. The plot still held up. Like, the whole the young kid turning on the the mentor only for the mentor to come back and be like, nah, kid, I got this. You're like, uh, yeah, that's that's a good story. That's still, that holds up. Yeah, I mean, you know. That, <laughs> but, but hey, double jeopardy, so, I mean. Hey, I'm... Like I said, I'm not here. I'm not here to, to to convict you of anything, but we can have a we can have an honest conversation about it. <laughs> hey, if there's one thing we're not going to have on this podcast, it's an honest conversation. But... <laughs> yeah, no place for that here. Hey, uh, oh, so I I totally forgot. Like we just kind of jumped right into it. We didn't even yeah. give our our like social media garbage. Well, at this point, anyone who's not following us on social media, we desperately want to follow us on social media. So if, if, if you're telling your friends about it, the, 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 the dozen – I think we're up to – I think we got – I mean we're up to a solid like 15 – like sans – if we don't count interviews, I think we're, we're hitting it about a solid 15 listens every week, which I think is – I mean that's that, – hey, I'm we're cool. coming up. Hey, we've got. We, uh, by the way, shout out to the. We've got a, a couple new followers. Thanks for uh, for checking us out. Um, I I'm not looking at my computer right now, but uh, I'll I'll give you guys shout outs on the on the the hello the the digest, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're coming up. It's it's a good thing. So that being said, if you're trying to tell your friends where to find us, where we, where they go on Instagram, Jake? They need to go and check out Red Arrow Productions on Instagram. Because tonight we're going to be posting a, a picture of the new logo for the show. We got we got a logo, and we're unveiling a logo and a beat. 
Well, same show. We're uh, we're we're hoping we're hoping that we're we're gonna have uh we're gonna have this. You know, it was uh Fabergini. Hopefully, we'll we'll get it. If not, we're gonna go with. Uh, I wanted to keep it in the mumble wrap, so we're gonna go with uh, Mask Off by Future. <laughs> oh, that that's a banger. That's it a it banger. is. Uh, that's it, a banger. It's uh, it, you know, actually, I want to give another shout out to Julio because he he turned me onto this song um, by it, it's I think he's uh, it's it's in Spanish. I don't know the 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 gentleman, the rappers, the uh, the artists nationality, but uh, it's called Creepy Kush and it's it hits like a 10 pound hammer. Like I actually turned up the bass in my car the other day and I was like, holy cow, this is loud. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So. If 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 somebody's if somebody's listening and they're like, okay, I super really want to tell my friend Kevin about the show. What's I think up, he'll Kevin? like it. But he definitely doesn't use Instagram. He's a Twitter guy. All he does is tweet, retweet, like tweets, forward tweets. He's a twi- he tweet. He tweet, tweet, tweet. He tweets the deets. How do they? How do they? How does? How do they? How do they find us on the on the the, the deet tweeting Twitter? They got a deet. Tw- they got to get the deet tweet at Red Arrow P. Red Arrow P. Red Arrow P. For the tweet. For the Red Arrow P tweet. Yeah, I mean, and on Facebook, you know, we're we're coming up. Red Arrow Productions. Tell your friends. Tell That's your neighbors. It. Tell your haters. I can tell you that, uh, in in all honesty, and I, I'm 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 you know, I might be throwing the baby out with the bathwater here, but I don't think so. Don't do that. I'm, I want to say I'm excited and stuff. I'm in talks currently, uh, with a with a, a graphic designer and stuff. Um, Nothing, nothing's ready to be shown on any social media or bro- busted out yet, but it's getting there. You saw a couple of the concepts. They're coming along. It's looking good. Um, the, the same graphic designer who's working on the official Red Arrow logo is also helping me uh, with a website design. Say so word. I'm hoping – say word. Say word. So I'm hoping come probably – it's probably going to be – Close to the new year, maybe maybe a uh, little post Christmas, pre pre January, maybe early January, um, uh, come up on on an official Red Arrow Productions website. Um, I don't have the domain name locked down yet either, so it might not be RedArrowProductions.com. So, so please don't take like it if it's available. Like or or no, definitely take it and then sell it to us for a very reasonable price, so we can guarantee the fact that we have it. Yeah, that like, that would be cool. Oh, go and the- scoop that up. Hit up GoDaddy. Get that stuff. I'll pay you like double the nineteen ninety nine. No, we won't. We'll, we'll just don't tell them that. Shut no, up. We, I'll, I'll pay. Tell me. I'm. Good. We got to be honest with our listeners. We got to build that trust. I will pay forty dollars <laughs> for a domain name. No doubt. Don't. No, no doubt. Not if we can pay twenty. That's. Uh, this is why I. Are you money? We're gonna have to talk about this after the show. <laughs> We should talk about it right. Okay, after the show is probably great. Anyway, anyway, back back to the matter at hand. I we're completely off the rails, man. This show, so far this show off has the rails. this show has gone downhill in a hurry. In fact, that's the name of this episode: downhill in a downhill hurry. Downhill in a hurry. <laughs> that's a great episode. Oh man, but uh, you know, uh, I think I think it's a good place to wrap. You think it's a good place to wrap? No, no. But this is right here, oh, right okay, here. This right is a good place. Right here, right now. Then not good. Now perfect. All right. So <laughs> hey, if you want it, you could have spent your time anywhere, but you spent it here with us. We appreciate that. Good night, universe. That's a podcast. <laughs>